second thing the Lord wants us to know is this. Key point number two, when you're feeling discouraged, know that the Lord sees your obedience where you see failure. When you're feeling discouraged, know that the Lord sees your obedience where you see failure. Let's look at that verse again, verse 11. But the following night, the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as you have testified for me in Jerusalem, so you must also bear witness at Rome. Paul was obedient to, to sharing the gospel, wasn't he? All these places that he went in the midst of all, the, all that trouble, all those things, he over and over and over again shared the gospel. He was obedient to share his faith with them in Jerusalem and all of those different places that he went to on his missionary journeys. He was faithful over and over and over to testify of Jesus. Now, I want you to hear me on this. You are not commissioned salesmen of the gospel. That's not your role. You are not a commissioned salesman of the gospel. What do I mean by that? A commissioned salesman does what? He only gets paid if what? He makes the sale. So, um, what happens? You know, if you're a commissioned car salesman, what do you do? Oh, as soon as they're pulling in the, in the parking lot, you know, that used car salesman's doing what? He's scoping you out. They're already discussing among themselves who gets you. You know, well, I'll get the next one. You get this one. And then you don't even get parked. They're already approaching you. Hey, my name's, you know, and they're, you know, they want to know your name. Hey, what are you looking for? Yeah, and, that, and why? Because they're commissioned salesmen. They only get paid, they only get rewarded if they make the sale. We are not commissioned salesmen of the gospel. The Lord doesn't look at the numbers that we're pulling in and say, ah, look at this one. He is top on the gospel sales this week. That's not how it works. What's he interested in? Did you, did, were you obedient? Did you, did you go and share? That's where the reward is. We're not commissioned salesmen of the gospel. We are simply faithful stewards of the gospel. That's our role, to be a faithful steward of the gospel. You know, years ago, Cheryl reminded me this, of this the other day. We used to have this game that I would play as a student pastor and with other friends. We used to have this game that we would play when we were out in malls and places like that where they had Radio Shack. You remember Radio Shack? We had this game, and I, would, I used to do this even with Carson, uh, my son. We had this game. We would walk up to the Radio Shack, and we would say, all right, see if you can walk into Radio Shack, go all the way to the back wall, touch the back wall, and then get back out of Radio Shack before a salesman approaches you, introduces themselves. See if you can do it. You could do it. You could, not, you could not get into a Radio Shack and touch the back wall and back out before somebody uh, was, was, was already pulling right at you. So with the close of Radio Shack, we shifted it to Ashley Furniture. Oh. <laughs> and to make things, yeah, make things a little bit possible but still challenging, the game has shifted to Ashley Furniture. And instead of the back wall, because it's a bigger store, we just said one of the front corners. Just make it to the front corner and then back out. You can't do it. You can't, you can't make it in Ashley Furniture. Well, why, why is that? Why do I say that? They're commissioned salespeople, yeah. And 
they only get rewarded if they make the sale. I want you to know that's not how it works with us. When I was a teenager, we went on a mission trip, and our, our student pastor taught us this principle. He said, and I was probably 15, 16 years old, just got saved at 15, I'm 16, 17, going on mission trips, and our youth pastor said this. He said, success and failure are not defined in terms of numbers. And they're not even determined, they're not even defined by terms of how you feel about something. Because you can feel like something was a failure, but in the Lord's eyes, it was a huge success. Or you can feel like something was a huge success, and you really didn't do what the Lord wanted you to do. So you can't base your success and failure upon how you feel about something. Not only that, you can't base it just solely upon numbers. He says, so success and failure are not defined in terms of numbers. And I remember being on that mission trip, and I remember us, it was a Sunday morning, and we did all, we shared testimonies, we sang songs, and we were at a uh, uh, campground in Bryson City, North Carolina, uh, just outside Cherokee. And so we're doing a worship service at one of the campgrounds. And we were so discouraged because during the whole worship service, there were people that were talking. And we were, you know, we were trying to share our testimony. We we're trying to share the gospel. We we're doing songs. And they weren't, didn't seem like they were really even paying that much attention. One group came and sat down, and they even had, had their beer cans and sat there and drank beer the whole time. And we were like, what in the world? We finished one of our songs, and one of them yelled out, hey, can you sing? There's a tear in my beer. And it was like, and as teenagers, we were kind of like so discouraged. And Doug came up to us afterwards, and he says, do you remember what I said? Listen, our success and failure are not defined in how you feel about something. We were faithful to do what? Preach the gospel, share our testimonies, sing the songs, do what God has called us to do, and leave the results up to him. And he will, he will see the increase. It's his role to do that. That's what he will do. But we felt so discouraged. And then Doug reminded us of that, and it was like, you know what? You're right. We shouldn't, we shouldn't feel so depressed that all these things happen. We should be thankful that they showed up to a worship service and, and maybe they did hear something. We don't know. But it was an incredible experience. And um, I was reminded over and over again that success and failure are not defined in terms of numbers or in terms of feel. The Lord sees our obedience, and that's what's most important. And then finally, key point number three, when you're feeling discouraged, know that the Lord still has a plan and purpose for your future. Or still has a plan. He still has a purpose for you. Sometimes we get discouraged and we're like, oh, I'm giving up. I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm, I'm done. I quit. Let's look again. Verse 11. But the following night, the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul. For as you have testified for me in Jerusalem, so you must also bear witness at Rome. You know, discouragement is focused on what? The past. That's what we're discouraged about, something that's already happened. And the devil wants to use that to do what? Prevent anything good from happening in the future. He's just going to say, look, yeah, nothing good has happened, so nothing good can happen. 
But Jesus says, listen, there's still a future. There's a future, and I want you to know that I'm here with you. Be of good cheer. You were faithful here, and guess what? I want you to be faithful in Rome. There's more for you to do. There's more for you to do. There's more work that I have for you. And Jesus assures Paul that he's going to make it to Rome, that he's going to make it there. Now, hear me on this. It's not going to be an easy trip for Paul. We're talking storms. We're talking shipwreck. We're talking crazy things are going to happen. But nonetheless, Jesus still has a plan for him. Jesus still has a purpose for him, even though it's not an easy trip. He will get there. I want you to listen to Paul's words during a storm on the boat en route to Rome. So he's on his way, and there's a storm that's going, and, and it has been a rough trip. I mean, it has been challenging. They haven't had food to eat. And listen to this. After a long abstinence from food, Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Men, you should have listened to me. <laughs> like, he didn't listen to the Lord there, did he? You know, he's like, he's one of those I told you so guys. So he's like, you should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. I like this part. But now I urge you to take heart, be of good cheer. I'd just like the Lord to remind us, hey, remember how the Lord comforted you? I want you to do the same thing for somebody else. He says, you know, be of good cheer, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. In other words, we're going to lose the ship, but we're not going to lose any lives. For there stood by me this, this, this night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying to me, do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore, be of good cheer. Take heart, for I believe God that it will be just as it was told to me. So what is Paul doing? Paul is then making application. He's like, okay, the Lord brought me through that, that moment where I was concerned, I was discouraged, I was depressed, I was fearful. What's going to happen next? And God said, be of good cheer. It worked for me. The angel told me the same thing. I'm going to share it with others. I'm going to let others know, hey, be of good cheer. I want you to know the ship's not going to make it, but you will. You're going to be fine. And the God whom I serve has already told me this. Now, do you know what happens during this trip to Rome? Like during the same time frame, do you know what's going on? Let me share with you some things that's happening. Uh, Luke is going to head to Rome. And on Luke's trip to Rome to meet up with Paul, Luke decides to write a book. And Luke writes the gospel according to Luke. God wasn't finished with him. God had some, a plan for, for Luke, and God wanted him to write some of those things. And so Luke is starting to write the gospel according to Luke. And when he gets to Rome... He has already finished that letter, and he sends it off to Theophilus. And now that Luke is in Rome, he writes another book, the book of Acts, the one that we've been reading through. And he's been writing that one in Rome. But what about Paul? 
When Paul gets to Rome, hear me on this, he's going to write Philemon, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. He's going to be imprisoned for a while, then he's going to be released, then he's going to be re-imprisoned. And during that second imprisonment, he's going to finish by writing Titus, 1st, and 2nd Timothy. Seven of the 27 books of the Bible, of the New Testament, 27 books in the New Testament, seven of those were written in Rome after this encounter that Jesus and Paul has where he says, listen, be of good cheer. You're going to make it to Rome. How do you, how, I've still got plans for you. You've got, to, you've got to make it to Rome. Why? There's seven books of the Bible that you're going to write while you're there. And you know what? You, th you think you're discouraged right now? The words that you write are going to be an encouragement like you've never seen. They're going to provide encouragement uh, to the churches that, that are going to be on continents that haven't even been discovered yet. That's God's master plan. When you feel discouraged, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Jesus is right there with you. Not only that, he sees your faithfulness. He knows what you've done. He sees that. Be obedient to him. Continue to walk in obedience. Why? Because he still has a plan and still has a future for you. Jesus is there for you. Jesus sees your obedience, and he has a plan for your future. Now, it leads me to one last thought. May any discouragement that you experience be replaced with the commission of the Lord Jesus to be of good cheer and walk in obedience with him.